All right. We have a lot to talk about between the Sacramento Kings, the NFL. There's just, I mean, there were only four games and there was only a re- one recent Kings game, but my God, there are so many things to dive into and we do not have a lot of time to do it. Sam, your just quick thoughts on this past weekend with the four divisional round games that we had. Man, I think they went as bad as well as we could have hoped for, um, leaving us with pretty great matchups for the conference championship games. Probably the best we could have really foreseen. You know, I, I agree with you. I think my overwhelming or my overriding thought coming out of the weekend was that the four best teams in the NFL are the four teams remaining. Like, I, I don't think I don't think that there was a team that got beat on a last-second field goal. I mean, I know that obviously that didn't happen, but I'm just, you know, just saying there wasn't, there wasn't an instance where, I don't know, like the Giants snuck through. They beat the Eagles on some, like, fluke play or some crazy interception. I think the four best teams in the NFL uh, are – the 49ers, the Eagles, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, and those are the four left standing. I, I think that's outstanding. Yeah, I mean, the only team that really could have – we could have put in there was the Bills who were on top all year. But, I mean, the Bengals just silenced that immediately this weekend. The amount of uh, Joe Burrow is the next Tom Brady talk that has come out of this weekend has been absolutely crazy. How quickly things can turn for teams. And players. Yeah, I mean it's all over the place, and I, and obviously we're going to get to these each of these matchups, but you know with the with the one that we have actually let's just well no I because I don't want to preview the games yet but um, I mean you can you can see the comparison that they're making and, and why why they would be making um, that sort of you know I don't know that 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 connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that the matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs sort of feels like a 2.0 of like the Rodgers versus Brady kind of thing because I don't think anybody ever viewed Tom Brady as being necessarily more talented at throwing the football than Aaron Rodgers. Like Tom Brady doesn't do anything where you where you go like physically where you go. Oh man, he's literally the only person that can do that. Um, he's just always right. And then I think with Mahomes and Burrow, it's one of those things where Mahomes does things where you just sit there and go, well, I mean, Patrick's the only one who can do that. And then Burrow on the other side, it's just, he's always right. He's just, he knows the answers to the test every single time. So to me, it's almost like a, like a Brady and um, Rogers kind of 2.0 matchup. Yeah. A lot of people have been saying um, Manning Brady, but I'm just so excited for these two franchises, as long as um, Cincinnati commits to paying uh, Joe for the rest of his career, just these two franchises going at it for the next 10 years. I mean, really? I mean, I'm not super excited about it. Um, <laughs> well, as, sorry as about Raider it. Fan, but, um, might, get, might get Brady this year. Yeah, I hope not. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into these games. We can start with the early one, the one that probably didn't have the most drama in the game per se. I know it was, you know, close. It was a close ending score, the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Oh, there was a lot of drama. But well, I think what I mean by that is I think that the biggest drama, quote unquote, coming out of the game was Mahomes' injury. 
I think that's I think that's the most important thing coming out of the game because, you know, the score, you know, I know it was twenty seven to twenty. It was as close as it was because he got hurt. Um, and now I got to give Chad Henney credit because he came in, uh, went five for seven and threw a touchdown. Um, yeah, played really well. So he played really well. So credit him for being ready and credit, credit Andy Reid for having him ready. Um, but, I mean, the game itself um, wasn't overly dramatic, I guess, for the most part. Uh, other than the Mahomes injury. And I, I, the high ankle sprain is just one of those injuries where, I mean, you see guys come back from it quickly or you see them come back from it like six to eight weeks down the line. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very interesting injury. It's not necessarily, it's very subjective um, to, you know, the person who actually has the injury because it just takes so many different forms. Yeah, I think it's mostly been talked about as a pain thing. Um, but this is the injury that knocked Jimmy G out for the rest of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still – there's talks that he's still in a walking boot. Um, and he – for the – potentially the start of, like, training camp next year. That That's how much time is this injury takes. But like you said, it could take to four weeks or it could take eight weeks. Like, there's really no – telling based off the severity um but for him it took what a couple plays a drive and he was back in yeah kind of miraculous yeah uh, i there's there was an article from it was about one day ago from espn and the quote from andy reed was mahomes is doing okay um mm-hmm. so but but it, what to con to contrast it with the jimmy g thing i mean he's been out the whole season and Mahomes is doing okay. I haven't heard any reports saying that there's that he's not going to play. Oh, you know I don't I mean, I think he'll, I think he'll play, but there's, I think it would be crazy if there's no limitations. Right. But that just goes to show you that this injury just is so it's very, very odd in the forms that it can take. Yeah. Big time. I, I think now, now that there's not a question on him playing, I mean, this has to be, Oh, Hey, breaking news. Kings extend Monty McNair. Oh, perfect. That is awesome news. Perfect. If we could just talk a little news. bit about the Kings. This Monty McNair has not made a bad move the entire time he's been Kings GM. Absolutely not. And we have time laid out at the end uh, for them. But, yeah, absolutely. That is that is great news that they extended him. They should just extend Mike Brown while they're at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to help, them, help uh, coincide with each other. Uh, but – with a game this weekend, I mean, does it kind of swing for you that it's got to be Cincy? I think I may have favored Cincy anyway. Um, yeah, they've won the last three meetings. Yeah, they won the last three meetings, and their defense is absolute nails. I know we talk about, you know, we were talking about the 49ers defense and the Cowboys defense, and one of the things that I heard coming out of you know, early reactions on Monday from a lot of analysts was that the best defensive coordinator in the league is Cincinnati's um, defensive coordinator, whose name I will um, pull Lou... up because I think Lou Anarumo or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you kind of nailed it. Um, and, you know, it's hard. <laughs> I, I think Cincinnati isn't necessarily looked at as like a defensive juggernaut, but – when it comes to these big games, it certainly seems like they know exactly what to do 
on defense. It's crazy. They just completely shut down the Bills. I mean, the Bills did not look comfortable from, I mean, from the jump. Yeah, the Bills looked like the team that was missing three offensive linemen. Yeah. I mean, it really, that was, I think, the story thrown around. And But the amount of pressure they were able to get on Josh Allen and then, uh, I mean, they're secondary. They have guys all throughout. The, we, we've known this, though. We've known this team, this unit is solid from the, that Super Bowl year, a year ago, and the amount of publicity they were getting of, man, they have first-round picks all over that defense. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the offense is really the one that gets a lot of the attention because they got Chase, they got Higgins, they got Mixon, they got Boyd, they have all these weapons that at Joe Burrow's disposal, and they have the huge weakness of the offensive line, um, that that's just where most people go to. But that defense silently has been playing solid for the last couple of years now. You know what? I I was watching the game, and after it was over, they you know they kept making comments about the offensive line and how there were three backups. I was like, well, it looks like they found their three starters. I mean, they gave up. <laughs> I think I think they gave up one sack. I believe. Let me see if I can. Yeah, they gave up one sack, and then they ran the ball for. They had 172 rushing yards, and obvious. I mean, for anybody who you know, watches a little bit of football. It, when you have backup offensive linemen in, or maybe you have um, offensive linemen who maybe aren't your starters, maybe aren't necessarily as good, one of the best ways to help them out is to run the football. Um, and, God, they just ran through Buffalo, and their protection held up really well. I mean, the Bengals, again, I would have favored Cincinnati going into it, I think, even even with – Mahomes being 100% healthy just because of, you know, the fact that they've won the last three times they've played Kansas City. Their defense is playing outstanding. And Joe Burrow, I think after this weekend is really – and I, I mean, it, he knew this. I think if you were paying attention to Joe Burrow, then, you know, most of us would kind of know that he was ascending to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But, I mean, that game against the Bills, I mean, I think it shows you everything that you need – to know about Joe Burrow and any justification um, that you were looking for, that he's a top three ish quarterback in the NFL. You got yeah, it. Yeah. He's definitely one of those QBs that if you have the ability to sign, your team is signing him apart from a couple teams. Like he is that guy. Would you, um, would you take uh, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Oh, I take Burrow. Yeah, I would too. And I, I think, I think I probably would have said that even before the start of this year. I mean, Josh Allen had a great year, and I, I'm not going to overreact to the turnovers and the different things like no, that. Because no, no, yeah. I think when Allen is at his peak, he's up there with anyone. Yeah, yeah, really, he, does, but, he, does, he does things that I don't think anybody else really can. Yeah, it was just, it was just head-scratching what they were doing um, on Saturday. Or no, Sunday, I'm sorry. Um in the snow, but Burrow just has that kind of, he's going to pull through factor, no matter what happens. I mean, he could throw a couple picks in the first half, but then he's always finding a way to make that play to get the back in, get it, get the game tight. And it never seems like he's always the one that's pressing. He's always the one that's pushing the envelope instead of reacting and trying to hold on. 
Well, and they didn't do him any. They didn't do Allen any favors in that game. They only rushed the ball for sixty three yards, and um, Josh Allen was their leading rusher with twenty six. Like, yeah, they just did not run the ball. Like they, they have to figure out a way to get get him a running game. They really do. That was that was the biggest like thing that stuck out to me in that game was Cincinnati's not only willingness, but dominance running the football and the Bills just lack of even appearing like they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's been the knock on them for a long time. The lack of, I don't know, patience or creativity in the run game to really get it going and make it so you're a dual faceted offense. But <sighs> I mean, it's 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 a lot like the Chargers to me, where it's pretty unimaginative, and then they just ask their QBs to go out and do something special. Hey, go um, win us the game. Lucky for Buffalo, Josh Allen is capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, he really is. And then it's like, oh my gosh, Josh Allen lost the game, but you're asking him to like the game is in his hands. So as soon as he makes a mistake, like th- that's the the difference between what Brock Purdy's doing. And what Josh Allen's doing. I don't think anyone can sit here and say that Josh Josh Allen has played worse than Brock Purdy. But he is asked to take up so much of, say, the the market share of the game. Like the amount of involvement in the game. Josh Allen is taking up so much more than Brock Purdy that when he makes a mistake, it's amplified so much more than if Purdy were to make an incompletion or something because a Purdy mistake isn't going to be as daunting or detrimental to the chances of the Niners winning a game. Well, and to sort of spin that a little bit, it's if Josh Allen is off, then the Bills are off. If Brock Purdy's off, then they have other people they can go to. I mean, what happened on Saturday or Sunday? Right. And I don't think Purdy played. Uh, terribly, so let's. Just I think it was his worst game for sure. Let's, yeah, let's. We talked about the AFC. Let's move our way to the NFC. We'll just. I was going to save your Niners for the for the end, um, but well, we don't we're even have to here. talk about Philly Giants. I mean, that was Giants didn't even show up in that game. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, if if anything, I think it just showed that that Philly is Philly is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think it. I think it. It definitely cemented them as. I almost think it cemented them as the favorite. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys are gonna have a tough time going because I know Hurts may not have been a hundred percent, but a but an eighty percent Jalen Hurts is good enough for thirty eight points. Um, so he's gonna have another week of getting healthy. He's gonna be much closer, I would imagine, to one hundred percent on Sunday than he was this past uh, Saturday. They played on Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's gonna have another week of. Uh, of resting, and he got some of that rust off of him. The Eagles are coming. <laughs> the Eagles are coming for you guys. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I just think the Eagles are a tough matchup for the Niners. They really yeah, are. they definitely are. Um, I mean, I yeah, the I mean, you're right. That game was the least competitive out of the four. There wasn't much um, to say other than the what? Eagles just they just dominated from start to finish. It was never <laughs> close. To cap off the Giants' season, first off, it has to be a huge success. Absolutely. 
100%. The fact that they made it to the divisional round, the fact that they made the playoffs, I think, was a huge success. Um, you got, you definitely know you have a great coach in Brian Dayball. Um, the Daniel Jones talk. Can we pick a side, please? Either <laughs> after one week, yes, he is a franchise quarterback and he deserves to be paid, or oh man, we're gonna overreact to another week or a week after, after a playoff game and say, oh my gosh, they need, they definitely need to move on from Daniel Jones. Like the sentiment coming after coming off of them beating Minnesota was wow. What like Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback. Like they, yeah, he's not elite, but they would be making a mistake if they don't pay him. And then now this week is everything of, you know, they should probably draft the QB. Well, it's funny because I think you have two extremes, right? Like you have you have them playing against the Minnesota Vikings, who, gosh, how the word that I heard this week about them was fraudulent. Like mm. them being like, my goodness, um, the Giants beating the Vikings and then getting waxed by the <laughs> Eagles is either the Giants being, you know, <laughs> totally, I don't know, inconsistent or the Eagles are just amazing or the Vikings – were just super terrible and somehow they made it into the playoffs with as good of a record as they, like three different things could be true there. Um, I think you have two different extremes really like two different extreme opponents for Daniel Jones. Like he went out and played exceptionally well against a very poor defense. Mm-hmm. And then you go up against. So I think basically the giants went up against the worst team in the NFC playoffs. And then they played the best team in the NFC playoffs. And the effect on um, Daniel Jones was eminent on, like it was very, I mean, you could see it. Like it just, Mm -hmm. they were playing against a much better team. So it was one of those instances where I think part of the reason why everybody was so happy and thrilled and surprised last week was because I think, I mean, I know I had said that they were going to beat the Vikings. I know I wasn't the only one by any means who was calling for that. But I think there were a lot of people who, the sense that I was getting, who were also picking the Vikings to win. So I don't think it was a sure bet that I don't think America collectively agreed that the Giants were going to beat the Vikings. So when they did, it was like, oh, that was a surprise. Daniel Jones played really well. They beat the Vikings. And sweet, we'll see what happens against the Eagles. And – I'd like to find at least one person who genuinely thought that the Giants were going to go in and beat Philly in Philly. Like, who, if, if there is somebody out there who really genuinely believed that, then I would like to hear why. Because um, I think Daniel Jones had already done everything that he needed to do to sort of show the organization that they need to pay him. And to put this loss on him, I think is ridiculous, honestly. Like, the Giants played so far above what everybody was expecting. They went into a game in Philly, obviously against a divisional opponent, against the best team maybe in the league. Mm -hmm. Like, they already played well above what everybody thought they were going to. And Daniel Jones was the focal point of that. Like, one game should not should not take away what he did last week or the whole season. No, I totally agree. And that's sort of what I was getting at with, but I also think it has to work the, the same way, the other way. 
Like, yeah. after his first playoff game, we can't be – you can't be there as a fan or someone in, heck, making decisions in management or ownership. Like, oh, that's what we needed to see. Like, that is now – boom. I'm going to write the check right now. I think you right. got to take his whole body of work and kind of project it out. And I think it's favorable for him because – this is his first year in Dayball system. You got to think, well, next year he should be better in it. And if, and if he's not, then he's not worth it. But if you think he will get better, then I think you absolutely not pay him a max for sure. But I think you could, you could do worse than Daniel Jones. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I think the Giants are going to have a number that they want to, uh, to give Daniel Jones. And if, he takes it, then great, and they they probably won't necessarily go too far above it. It'll just be interesting to see, um, you know what what he thinks his number. Um, who do you who do you think is going to garner more, Geno Smith or Daniel Jones? I think Daniel Jones because he's a little younger. He's a little bit younger. Yeah. Oh, because he's white. That's probably why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. probably Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones can do. I mean, one of the things that has to come into play here is the fact that he can he can run, um, and he's a really good runner. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Jones will, but I don't think Geno's going to get um, shortchanged in any way. He'll 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 get a nice contract somewhere. But I think out of the two, Geno played better this year. He absolutely did, but I think Daniel Jones is going to make more, and I think it's because it with Geno, this was like a one season sort of whoa. And then Daniel Jones, there's been a little bit of a little bit of like, like throughout the past couple of years, been like, okay, like we can see, we can see the skill. There's just really hasn't been anybody here to help him sort of amplify that skill. And then they bring in Brian Dable. It's like, okay, yeah, there's the guy that we, you know, we drafted. Um, right. So, and I, I, I mean, I heard it earlier this week on ESPN. It was the whole idea of like, look, you have something good. Like the Dayball, Daniel Jones thing, it works. There's no reason to, like, blow it up, like, one year after. Especially when you make it to the divisional round of the playoffs, you know? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really bizarre. Yeah, yeah but let's get, let's get into the conference championship. Yeah, okay, so if you've listened to any sort of media this week, you'll know that everybody was speaking about the Cowboys. And just not necessarily leaning into – the Niners of this whole uh, game between the Cowboys and the Niners. I, it just, every show was leading off with Cowboys, this Cowboys, that blah, 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 blah. So if you want your Cowboys bill, go somewhere else. Um, we'll talk about them, but oh gosh, I just felt like the Niners were getting shortchanged a little bit. I really do. It was, Oh, why is Dak throwing these interceptions? Blah, blah, blah. He's throwing the interceptions because they were going up against the most dominant defense in the NFL. And it's not even close. Um, <laughs> Which, ironically, I think the three best defenses collectively in the league are still remaining right now with the Bengals um, and the Eagles and um, the 49ers. I mean, the Cowboys you'd throw in there as well. But um, teams with dominant defenses make it deep in the playoffs. Shocker. Um, I want to talk about the 49ers because the, the Cowboys have been talked about so much. So what did you think of Purdy's play? Because I think what you – what your opinion of how he played in my opinion are, are going to be a little bit different. Oh, I think it, I think this is the first time that it's really seemed like the moment was a little big and it was 
kind of taking Purdy by surprise. And that was due to sort of the play, and I think the surprising play of Dallas's defense. I mean, they were able to get pressure on Purdy that Purdy hadn't seen really all year um, with this team. Uh, I am – I think it's super encouraging how, how he played late with the poise and his um, – ability to really make plays and capitalize on some of the things that the Niners were getting because they were generating turnovers and great field position because they were getting big-time stops as a defense. Um, I think he's encouraging and gives you a lot of confidence as someone that's close to this organization that, man, it just seems like he's going to come away with making that play. And I feel like they're – we talked about it last week, but – I think they're really opening it up and giving him a lot of freedom um, that they didn't give Jimmy and certainly Trey. So I think they're really calling the games differently because there's that trust factor. Yeah. Um, I was trying to look up, I was trying to look up Jimmy's stats last year against the Cowboys. Um he played great for three quarters and then stunk it up in the fourth. Yeah, I got it right here. He was 16 for 25, 172, and one interception. Um, looks like That looks like his uh, – let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me just – yes. Um, and then Purdy was 19 for 29, 214 yards, uh, no touchdowns. But the big thing is no interceptions. And, look, I – I agree with you. I think this is the worst that he has looked. And obviously it's the best defense that he's played against for sure. And he's not going to be getting a break next week with Philly either. I think mm-hmm. Philly had like 70 sacks on the year or something like that. Um, nice. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I actually, I played well. I mean, I thought, I, I thought he played about as well as I, um, I think you could have asked. Or like he wasn't asked to do a bunch of things. He made a lot of really gutsy third down throws. I thought. I thought he completed um, some big passes when they needed it. Um, obviously, he's not going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, and I, I don't think, as 49ers fans, and maybe maybe you can you know say that I'm wrong, but I think as 49er fans, like you guys have gotten to see him play super super well. But we also have to kind of keep in context that you know he is a rookie this is like his eighth game or something like that there's a lot of new stuff being thrown at him each week and to expect him to do immediately what he did against the Seahawks last week and you know 18 for 30 332 yards three touchdowns he's not going to do that every week um especially as a rookie um who's leading this team um potentially the Super Bowl. So I think given the context of everything, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, he had no turnovers and that's the big thing. I mean, you have the million dollar man on the other side who threw two interceptions. I mean, Mm -hmm. he completely outplayed Dak. It wasn't even close. Um, Wasn't even close. Um, And I think given, given the circumstance of, of everything, one playing against one of the best defenses in the league, Two, it being his second playoff game. Three, it being maybe his like eighth game, and the fact that he was literally the last pick in the draft. I think he played pretty. I think he played really, really well. Honestly, like I, 
I, I don't expect him to each week go out there and throw for two or three touchdowns, um, even though the offense is super um, explosive. But I, I, I thought he played well. I, I really did. Well, I think if he plays at that same level this weekend, they lose. Uh, that, I, the, that I do agree with. I think that's bottom line. Worst case scenario, this is going to be a shootout. Well, yeah, so I was I was going to ask. I was like, what do you, how, how do you think this game's going to play out? Because the Eagles' offense is is a little bit different than Dallas. I know Dallas was averaging like 35 points a game, but the, the Eagles are right up there as well. But they do it a little bit differently. Um, how do you think that the Eagles' defense – I mean, the Eagles' offense matches up with, uh, you know, the 49ers' defense and then vice versa? So I think I think they match up really well. Um, the one thing I'll say is the Niners are the best defense against the run, um, and that's kind of the main focus of Philly. So I think they can do a good job to shut down a little bit or min- minimize a little bit the impact of the running backs in Sanders and uh, all of them, right? Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to get his – rushing because I think he's going to have to escape out of <clears throat> excuse me escape out of the pocket and he's just going to get those scramble yards for first downs um, the thing I will say is huge advantage for Philly between their wide receivers oh, and yeah. Niners cornerbacks um, Lenore came up big with an interception he had a couple other pass breakups but I mean he's he's just a little smaller and if you're putting him on Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown, I think that's automatic, especially A.J. Brown. I think he's going to go for 150. I really do. He is just the prototypical wide receiver. He's like DK. He's like Devontae, who's totally chewed up the Niners. Like They just have uh, – Hopkins always has big games against the Niners. They always have really big games against this defense. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a bend, not break. I mean, if he has a 150, 170 yards receiving, but zero touchdowns, that must be kind of the formula that the Niners have to have. Yeah. Heck, CeeDee Lamb just had a big game. He did. Against them. I mean, that catch was, wow. <laughs> that was a great catch. Um. How do you think Purdy's going to hold up against the defense? The defense has been really solid this year. I, like I said, I think they had 70 sacks. Um, I think I anticipate he'll rebound. I, I think it'll look more like – and this is – well, this is the first time he's played on the road since Vegas. So he really hasn't played on the road, and this Philly environment's going to be pretty different. It's going to be outdoors. Um, but I anticipate he'll – this offense will look a lot like the regular season. Mm-hmm. I, if I were to t- if I were to give you two scores, if I were to say that this game is going to end seventeen to thirteen or thirty five thirty two, what mm-hmm. what do you think is more likely? Well, coming off of this last weekend, but I just, I just don't think either team is only scoring thirteen. Um, I guess 30, I just don't know if it's going to go that high. I think it's going to be in the twenties. So what is not necessarily about the number, but more, no, of like, more of like this, the, how the game is going to go. I, I mean, 
Is it going to be more of like, you think it's going to be more the offenses are going to get going against stellar defenses or the defenses like are going to win? That. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. Um, I feel like both teams match up, both offenses match up pretty well against the defenses. Because what's the best defensive unit for um, Philly? Isn't it their secondary? It, well, they have a real, like I said, I think they had 70 sacks. I think their defensive line is um, outstanding as well. Um, but yeah, their secondary is, is pretty damn good. Because I can only think of Slay on that team. Um, they still got Fletcher Cox. I'm trying. I'm trying to look up. Um, I'm trying to look up like their rank um, in uh, in the league right now. I'm having a tough time finding it at the moment. At least um, uh, against other teams. Unfortunately, you'd think it'd be really easy to find, but um, it's proving not to be. <laughs> um, they were second in yards per game, um, just behind the Niners. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. And there you they go. were, um, what, top seven in points per game? Yeah, I'm looking at um... – they actually, there's this website right now called sportsnot.com, and it's 2013 NFL defense rankings, best defenses in NFL playoffs championship weekend. They have Kansas City at four, Cincy at three, and they have the Niners at two, and Philly at one. They have the That's, 49ers. Is that a Philadelphia based website? I don't know. It's so just some stats after becoming the fourth team in NFL history to record 70 plus sacks in a season. Um, combine that with the best secondary in the NFL. Um, uh, from weeks 14 through the divisional round, Philly allowed, um, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, so, so here, so here's where, and this will favor the 49ers. So it says from weeks 14 through the divisional round, Philadelphia allowed 128, uh, rush yards per game and 4.8 yards per carry. Mm Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I think a large part of their season, they were missing a couple guys up front, or at least one important guy whose name, I don't think it was Fletcher Cox. It was somebody um, whose name I'm blanking on, and they have him back. Um, but, yeah, so there you go. 70 sacks throughout the season, and they had the best secondary in the NFL. So that's probably why they were leaning towards Philly for the best defense, because the one thing that you've said – about the 49ers is their secondary is obviously their weakest their weakest uh but it's not bad no i think they had a i think they had rankings before the game like the uh pro football focus rankings i think the defensive i think like rush yards the 49ers were first but like in pass yards they're like 20th oh really i think that well i i think it was like yeah somewhere around the the 20s but their defensive rank in total was two (laughs) hmm I think or one either. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, they give up. Philadelphia gives up the least amount of pass yards per game. Well, there you go. So not only is Purdy going to be under duress from that 70, 70 plus sack defensive line, 
windows are going to be tight to throw into. But they don't. I just, I feel like Kyle's uh, scheme, like, they've had success against the Rams over the years, and the Rams have had a great secondary with the best cornerback in the league in Jalen Ramsey. And if we're going to say, oh, Slay probably, Darius Slay probably played, he was, he's an all pro at quarterback Mm -hmm. for sure. Played like it this year. Um, Is his, his impact is dwindled because they're not targeting guys in one-on-one matchups. Like they're just scheming guys open. Like Darius Slay's ability to coverage, to cover a guy isn't, used when Debo or Brian Ayuk are catching bubble screens, right? Like his ability to cover isn't needed at that point. Like so much of their passing game is right in around the line of scrimmage that it kind of lowers the potential impact that a high-end cornerback or a high-end secondary can really have. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just feel like the Niners offense matches up really well, especially because, I mean, it is probably not going to play out like this, but Philly's struggles against the run. I mean, that is such a big, when you have McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell coming at you with all those players blocking, if you can't stop the Niners run, then you're in for a long day. Yeah, I think, I think the 49ers recipe for success, and it's not like I'm breaking any ground here the 49ers are oh everyone hold your breath are, are built are built through the run but i Whoa. mean Where'd i mean get that jason no but <laughs> but i mean i mean like like you said the best i mean and i mean it's football 101 right the best way to open up a secondary is to run the ball and then to kind of go into play action and the 49ers are, are great at that so on one hand you're going you're going up against a defense who has like I said had 70 plus sacks has the best secondary in the NFL but you have a team who is built to go up against defenses like that you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's kind of that unstoppable force immovable object you know kind of scenario so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out um, and then kind of the same thing on the other side right like very good defense and a very good offense I mean th- these two teams are so similar. Uh, and the fact that their offense is – both of their offenses are explosive and both of their defenses are dominant. And they may do it in different ways, but that doesn't change the fact that both units are stellar. So it's just going to be a very interesting chess match. Yeah, and I think – I mean, I'm excited for the game. It's on – trying to. it's on Sunday. It's the early game, right? Uh, I believe so because I think they're going to save Mahomes and Burrow for the uh, – for the nightcap. Yeah, which makes sense. So I'm uh, hopefully going to find a time to watch it. Um, but I'm – let's go to the, the other game. We talked about it a little bit, right? But I think we're both taking Cincy. Yeah. And I, I think – like I said, I think I would have taken Cincy reg- – I mean, you took Cincy last week. That was the one yep. game we differed on. Um, and – the Mahomes injury plays just plays a huge role, a huge role into um, sort of my my thinking of how this game is going to play out. But like I said, 
I, I don't think I would have picked the Chiefs anyway. I, it, for me, it's as a fan, you know, it's the Kansas City Chiefs who I never want to see succeed. Mm-hmm. Or it's the Cincinnati Bengals who knocked the Raiders out of uh, the playoffs last year, which is really the first time that I really got to watch the Raiders in the playoffs. I know that they made it that year that they were 12 and four, but Derek was injured. That wasn't really them. So uh, yeah. I, I, I'd be rooting for Burrow and the Bengals anyway. I don't hold as much vitriol for the Bengals as my dad does because my dad and my mom, when they went to their, the first game that they went to in the Vegas stadium, that was against the Bengals. The Bengals won. So it spoiled their first game there. And then that same year, they lost to them in the playoffs. So my dad hates the Bengals now. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't. I don't love them. I really like Joe Burrow. I'm annoyed that they beat my team, but I got I got no hate for, for Joe Burrow. I do have um, sports hate for the Chiefs. So I think I would have just picked the Bengals just to try to will it into existence anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Chiefs aren't really rivals with the Raiders. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Let's assume that the 49ers win the game. Which mm-hmm. team would you rather Ooh. see? Don't, I don't want to see Mahomes. You'd, so you'd rather face Burrow? Yeah, I'd rather face Burrow. That's interesting. Niners played really well against Cincinnati last year, um, and you're returning pretty much the same team. Um, I don't know that that uh clear offensive line weakness I think is something that the Niners would really be able to exploit. Um, because and I'm so glad it seems like Nick Nick Bosa is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. The yeah, you deserved it. Um, I'm so glad that we never have to have a conversation where Max Crosby is anywhere close to Nick Bosa because that is just complete and utter insanity. That that was even a question, even poi- even posed a couple of years ago, like that, like Nick Bosa is an absolute freak of nature. He's like a hurricane coming onto the coast. And Nick Bosa is a little like wind swirl. You just said Nick Bosa is a little. Uh, what did I say? Whatever, <laughs> whatever. You're just salty. I'm not. Crosby's a beast. I no, he sucks. <laughs> Crosby's outstanding. I love Crosby. I love Crosby. But I'd much rather... Mahomes is scary, dude. And that, that might change if if Mahomes really looks injured, really looks laboring out there, but I just know Mahomes would find a way to beat pretty much both teams that make it. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do you think? And uh, I'm we're running short on time. What do yep. you think... What do you think the um, matchup that like TV networks would be hoping for. Uh, I think they want the Niners. Yeah, I really do. I think that Brock Purdy um, storyline is something that they would easily be able to jump with. I don't know about Philly because Philly's been at the top and there's not really anything interesting about Philly. I mean, the Jalen hurts of it all. I mean, but he's, I don't think he's moving the needle. He, he doesn't. He doesn't say anything. Like he's really nice. Like he's. I mean, he's the coach's son, and he sounds like it when he talks. That's what I'm like. Jason Kelsey, I think, is the most interesting figure 
on Philly. Their center. So you're saying they the network wants a rematch from the 49ers Chiefs. I don't really think you can go wrong with either Cincinnati or Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City's probably got a bigger fan base, bigger market. It is Mahomes. He's probably a little bit. But Joe Burrow in popularity has skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is like a darling of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't think you would have – I mean, Brock Purdy, which I, I, have, I know you said it, your dad – but a lot of fan bases are like, man, I'm just rooting for the guy because he was the last pick of the draft. Yeah, yeah. So you have him, who everyone's rooting for, versus Joe Burrow, who's – I mean, everyone loves Joe Burrow right now. Yeah. What would – I don't – Mahomes is kind of a villain right now. He's kind of turning into one with how good he's been for so long. But if you have Burrow, who is everyone rooting for, and Purdy and the Niners, who everyone likes – I don't really think you have anything going wrong. Yeah, as as somebody who doesn't have a horse in the race, I don't really care who wins the NFC game. Like I'd be happy with either with either of them. Um, I, I I wanted Jalen Hurts to win MVP, and I think I really think he has a very good chance at winning it this year. Um, nah, Mahomes got to win it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, uh, I contract. Um, I think his. I think Jalen Hurts being out and you know every the world seeing what the offense looks like without him and then him coming back. I think it. I think that really helped this case. Um, and the 49ers and Brock Purdy. I, I think that would just be an incredible story. I'm going to be rooting hard for the Bengals. Hard, hard for the Bengals. I just, yeah. I just don't want to see the Chiefs back there again. Um, so I don't know. We'll, uh, I, I don't think out of, out of all the matchups that we can get, I don't think there's a bad one. Yeah. Philly's in there. It's pretty bad. I don't I think know. that's bad at all. I, I know I'll be less inclined to watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, running a little short on time. Um, school just picked Quick. back. School just picked back up for me. Go two, ahead. Two second, two second blurb about the Kings. Go ahead. No, you. Oh, okay. Um, the loss against Philadelphia uh, made my stomach turn. Yep. Um, the fact that they couldn't beat uh, the 76ers without Joel Embiid really, um, really aggravated, I think, myself and a lot of Kings fans. They made up for it a little bit against Memphis, although they were that was closer for a longer period of time than I yeah, thought it should be. Playing with their food. Um, but, I mean, we're sitting here and – what they're 27 and 18 19 27 and 19 i know you i know we talked about you know them in the playoffs and could they win a series i think the way that i'm looking at it right now is that um they first of all they have the best road record in the west i'm just letting you know that right now and i believe um yeah they have the best road record in the west so that's something to hang your hat on um i don't necessarily expect them to win a playoff series, but every every team's defense gets better in the playoffs. And I know the Kings' biggest <laughs> weakness right now is their defense, so I, I would expect that to tighten up. Their offense is outstanding. It's I mean, I think we've gotten to the point where we can say that now. Um, oh, it's the best in the league. Yeah, and I, like I would give them a shot against anybody. Like I, I, I would say that I think they could – 
surprise a team in in an early round uh, series and, and sneak by. I wouldn't expect them to get past the second round, but I see no reason why they couldn't uh, sneak sneak to the second round and get past uh, get past the team given given a right given the right matchup. If they're not going to be playing against, um, well, if they hold the third seed, they wouldn't. If they move down to seven or eight and they get the Nuggets, the Nuggets are going to stomp on them because the Kings are not. The, the one thing that I could see hindering the Kings in the playoffs is, and this is why I said it's matchup based is if they go up against a team who's just huge. Yeah. Like I think the Lakers getting, um, gosh, what is the dude's name? Hushimura. I think that is not good for the Kings. Um, oh, that's such a good pickup. It's good. That it's great for the so Lakers, good. but the Kings, the Kings would have to match up against the team who is relatively small. Not that they haven't beaten big teams because they have just I would feel much better about the Kings chances going into the playoffs if they were matching up against a kind of a tinier team no so. totally agree totally agree um I think it's safe to say I think it's a little bit too early to be talking about playoff times um I'm not gonna say that they're in the playoffs until they're actually Confirm they sealed it. They clinched a playoff spot. No, I get um, it. But I'm I'm thinking about saving up for tickets. It's about that time. Yeah, I think I think we've gotten uh I think we've gotten to the point where we can realistically start to think that they that they that they should make it. I mean, I think um I think that they're they're better than quite a few of the teams below them. Um, so. I, I see no reason why they couldn't be at least one through eight. Um, I hope that they can stay above six and secure a series as opposed to the play-in tournament. But, Facts. But um, we'll see how it goes. I think as a Kings fan, you just got to keep riding the the wave of positivity and go, you know what? I, I'm not going to say that certain things can't happen because of how fun this season has been so far. So I think you just keep your head up and go, Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Yeah. And la- last thing, I think it sucks that it's go- it's looking like Fox isn't going to make an all-star appearance. Um, I think yeah, it'd be yes. a crime if Sabonis was left off as well. But they should get one. I think they sh- or they they I think they're guaranteed one. They I think they should get two. Um, personally, especially if they're the third seed, I think you just got to reward that. We've definitely seen worse all-star like bids before and with Sabonis he's got to be the third best big man in the league right I mean Jokic yeah the dude should be starting yeah Jokic should be starting in that game Jokic Joel and Sabonis right I mean it's those three those are your three gold standards for big men in the league right now I and I don't want to hear any bam on a bio anybody who comes in with that I oh who's saying that I I why (laughs) I brought it up to somebody um at uh, I think at drill and I, somebody brought up Bam, and I was like, "Wait, wait a minute! Are they, are they uneducated? Um, is that what it is?" So, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear anybody else saying that there's another guy on those three levels. If if you haven't, if you don't know about Sabonis, then you just got to watch him because it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, really sitting down to watch a game again. He he is orchestrating that offense completely. Oh, his he's passes. He's the most important just... player on the floor for them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. But Jason, you got to get out of here, man. I do got to get out of here. Class started for me um, this week, so back on uh, back on my last uh, last year of college. 
so that'll be fun. So, all right. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we will see you all next week and, uh, we'll either have a happy Sam or a sad Sam. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Please no sad Sam. Have a fantastic week and uh, we'll see y'all later. <laughs>